KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Oh, I apparently put in a little Leela Downs for our theme music tonight. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. It is Latino Conservation Week, a week-long national celebration dedicated to supporting and celebrating the Latinx community's connection to the outdoors and natural resource conservation. So coming up, Mesa Gonzalez of Heal Utah and Daniel Romero of Alliance Community Services are going to join us to share their work and all the events planned for this week. There's a star party. You can get into the river. Um, there's going to be a way for you to check out the canoes for free and understand so check out stay tuned for that also spy hops 2022 heat wave festival is coming up we're going to get a preview with larissa trout is here from spy hop folks so stay tuned and there is the launch of the nationwide crisis hotline 988 so we're going to talk with brian higgins of mental healthy fit but first rallies and resources if you go to krcl.org you will find that under the community affairs tab at krcl.org. Coming up August 13th, let's get this on your radar, the third annual Indian Food Fair 2022 at Liberty Park. you got the Urban Arts Festival coming your way September 2nd through 4th. November 4th through 5th, the 14th annual Red Rocks Music Festival. So at krcl.org, click on Community Affairs, find the rallies and resources. We put festivals at the top. Coming up Wednesday this week, the Intersectional Environmentalist Book Tour, 4.30 to 6, set under the umbrella in downtown Salt Lake. And that is part of Latino Conservation Week. A conversation with Leah Thomas and Heal Utah about the intersectional environmentalism, the story behind IE and Heal, the importance of getting civically engaged, and Leah's writing journey for her new book, The Intersectional Environmentalist. How to Dismantle Systems of Oppression to Protect People and the Planet. Thursday, 1 p.m. at the shop, it's the PB&J Project. If you're looking how to be of help, of assistance, of service in our community, well, they're making and delivering lunches to the hungry in downtown Salt Lake City. Uh, they'll take all the lunches you make with a cooler of cold water bottles and hand them out to folks in downtown Salt Lake, focusing on the city center, the Salt Lake Library, and the old courthouse area. And then also on Thursday as part of Latino Conservation Week, and we'll dig into more of this later this hour, Food is Culture at Wasatch Community Gardens. It's presented in partnership with Artes de Mexico and Utah. It's at the uh, new garden campus over there on 800 South and about 6th East, presented entirely in Spanish with English translation, interactive presentation of sustainable ancestral farming practices applicable in the modern world. So through art and food, We'll be talking about the milpas as a symbol of identity and share cultural memories in a group. All right, now let's see if I've done the phone right. We've got Brian Higgins with us from Mental Healthy Fit. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm great. Yourself? Hey, I'm just really pleased that I made the phone work tonight for the show and we're able to connect with you. How are you? Uh, this weekend you did a bunch of uh, art in the park as part of this 988 launch at least in our community. Tell us what happened and remind folks yeah. first, though, Brian, about Mental Healthy Fit. Yeah, well, well it's uh, great to have me on. Uh, so Mental Healthy Fit stands for Films, Ideas and Tips, and we're an ideas and advocacy uh, organization to end the stigma in mental health. You know, just helping people tell their stories and, and build community around, 
you know, people's struggles and, and shining spotlights in, in the darkness, you know, to help people uh, know that it, it, it's okay to, to not be okay, basically. So um, one of our programs is called Art Church, and we built a little church on the back of a trailer, and we drive it around once a month. It's all full of art supplies, and, and we, we park in a, in, a, in a park around Salt Lake. And people can just come up and, and do some, you know, cool art and mindfulness and, and just learn how to do some expressive recovery. And specifically what we're trying to do throughout the summer uh, is we're, we're building community through diversified art. So we're working with a lot of uh, lead refugee artists and, and promoting their traditional arts and trying to help communities, you know, learn uh, not only about the the refugee artists, but also, you know, other traditional types of art that they, they may not know themselves. So yesterday we were in uh, Jordan Park, which is over near the International Peace Gardens, and we were we were focusing on Iraqi art, and we did some great woodblock uh, techniques that were kind of inspired by traditional Iraqi tattooing. Um, and it was, it was a great turnout, and we, we had a great old time. Well, and you're also, I'm guessing, spreading the word about this new three-digit number, a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 988. Mm-hmm. How did, what were you sharing with people and why? Yeah, yeah, just to let people know that it exists. You know, it launched on, on Saturday there, and it was, uh, it's, it's a national crisis hotline. Uh, so basically, if you're having a mental health crisis, either yourself or you're uh, a community member or a friend or family, and, and you need to access resources, um, you know, you can call this number, 988. Uh, it's just, obviously, instead of 911, we don't need to be uh, calling 911 for mental health services. And so you call 988, and they will put you in touch with not only local resources or, or national resources, whatever, whatever you need uh, to, to keep moving forward. How do you think that's going to benefit our community, Brian? I mean, given your involvement in this issue over the years, your personal uh, story as well that you've shared on the show many times, is something like yeah, this uh, helpful to you if it had been around years ago? For sure. Uh, you know, of course, there's always been uh, resources out there for people to, to access, but, but the problem is a lot of people haven't known about them. And maybe they've been, you know, 0800 numbers or, or more convoluted numbers. But it's great to be able to have this three-digit uh, specific number that, that people will be able to, you know, access at the, at the touch of three buttons, you know, or not quite to the touch of a button, but the touch of three buttons, and you'll be able to get the resources. So, so you know, I, I really think this is going to be an incredible benefit for, for everybody out there, not just in Salt Lake, but across the Wattach Front and then across, across America as well. Um, you know, and, and, and we're really making leaps and bounds in trying to end stigma and mental health, you know, to let people know that it's, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to, to not know. So, Brian, what else is coming up from Mental Healthy Fit while well, got, we got you on the line? Yeah, well, we're going to be doing another two of these, uh, the Building Community Through Diversified Art, uh, one in August and then another in September. So if you can keep an eye on our website, mentalhealthyfit.org, uh, you can find out when those are. And then we're also doing a an interactive play about different types of self-help mental health resources that's coming up at the Great Salt Lake Fringe. Uh, we have four shows that are coming up in, in the next couple of weeks. Again, if you if you pop on the, the website, you'll be able to see all of those uh, bits and pieces and then also on our social media feeds too. Well, Brian, thanks so much for giving us some time and we'll be checking back in as it gets closer to some of those events and having you back on. 
wonderful. Thank you very much. All right, folks, check tonight's show notes. So make sure there's a link to Mental Healthy Fit and everything that Brian Higgins and company does in our community. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Spy Hop and its 2022 uh, Heat Wave Festival. This band, Stage Fright, is going to be releasing an album, and this is one of the songs off of it, Petrichor on KRCL 90.9. Stage Fright from Spy Hop, Heat Wave Festival 2022. The band, the Stage Fright song is Petrichor, and I've got Larissa Trout. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Hi. So thanks for sharing. We've got another song I can slip in here before we're done, but this is part of what's happening on July 30th, Spy Hop Heat Wave Festival 2022 up on your rooftop. Your roo- I, my <laughs> words are not coming out well today, the Larissa. Rooftop. <laughs> the, the, the rooftop. Anyway, um, great. this is just one of the many things that you'll be showcasing. So let's remind folks, though, first of all, about Spy Hop and its mission. Okay, so Spy Hop is a nonprofit youth media art center. We're downtown Salt Lake City. We work with kids as young as nine, all the way up to about 19, 20. Teach film, music, radio, uh, design, podcasting. Um, music production music production we do it all if you make it on a computer we teach it um yeah. all of our programming is free anything from drop-in to an intensive year-long experience um we have a beautiful new facility the cal art youth media art center i have all the cool toys and gear mm. you guys are in that lovely new location there on night south and about what 280 west Oh, that was a really good guess. Was 208 it? 208. I see. I'm flipping my letters <laughs> and my numbers today. You'll have to forgive me, everybody. I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes so you can check it all out and get the proper <laughs> information after I mangle it tonight. But just one of the things that'll happen at the Heat Wave Festival is this album release from Stage Fright. But there's lots of things going on, and it's a great showcase for all the folks in your programs. Yeah, so the Heat Wave Festival is, is back after a two-year hiatus. Um, and since we have this amazing rooftop facility with a rad view of the Wasatch Mountains. We figured we better use our own space. Yeah. Um, so we, we've <laughs> incorporated music, which the, you know, end of the night is, is the album release for Stage Fright. But before that, we have, you know, our loud and clear youth radio DJs will be doing some live DJing. We have got tacos, ice cream, student work will be on display. Highlight reel, right? Highlight reel of like work from the entire year from uh, apprenticeship um, students, media labs, basically all the things we could find and wanted to put up on a screen and share. Um, In addition, we'll be green lighting the Power Up game. So Power Up is another program we have at Spy Hop. And those students come together um, over about the course of 10 months to create their own video game. And this year, the game is called Blind Eye. Ooh, what's it about? So it's actually about war. What? Uh, yeah. All right. I'm curious yeah. what the kids did to... Right. So um, our approach with this with game design is to make sure the students or give them the opportunity to do an educational, socially-minded video game. So they get to pick the topic. They pitch it to a panel, and they whittle it down, and they um, kind of do a rapid-fire uh, production process, you know, to create their game. And so they're really interested in exploring war from a civilian perspective mm. and the power that um, people in a community uh, have in using social media as a tool for information and information sharing and dispelling kind of, you know, maybe perhaps a narrative that's being shared in one way. And perhaps there's some other information that should be out there. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that play out in Ukraine as we speak. Were they yeah. aware of that and paying, I'm sh- I'm sure. tracking that? Well, I would say I did ask. Um, the game is not about any particular war. It is representative of this of 
war of war and so i'm sure that they were inspired or in concerned about what's happening yeah. in ukraine but it is not uh representative or reflective of that particular war well, so it could given, be anywhere given the conversation that's going on among the adults in our country about perhaps our polarization and does that mean mm-hmm. an inevitability for a civil war i'm kind of curious what their video game comments on and in fact there'll be a q a with student game there designers. will be so I believe that's from 5 to 6, or no, excuse me, 6 to 7 p.m. is the green light of the game where it'll be a playthrough, Q&A, and have the, uh, people have the opportunity to play the game themselves. Yeah. And then we end the night with music, with live music from um, Stage Fright, where they're we're celebrating their uh, album. Paper Thin, their new album. Yeah, Paper Thin and Kathy Foy helping them put that oh, all yeah. together. <laughs> Love Kathy Foy. Shout out to Kathy Foy. We're going to play another song here. They're also going to be supported by opener Who Killed Candace, Which is Spy Hop Alum. So. Spy Hop Alum. Okay, so what was the name of the album again? It is called Paper, Paper Thin. Thin. Great. Hopefully people will be able to get it or download it, it there too. It will be available on every streaming device you can think of um, <laughs> after the 30th. Wonderful. So this is July 30th, folks, at Spy Hop and their beautiful new uh, facility over in the Central Ninth neighborhood, That's which is right. really blossoming over there despite all the road construction yeah be patient so plane trip <laughs> take public transportation um and also you regularly do um block parties in fact you just mm-hmm. had them this last weekend we did we uh, have a block party every third saturday of the month uh free from 10 a.m to 2 p.m it also involves tacos we, we really like tacos yeah. um but more importantly uh covid vaccinations rapid testing uh, community services. We partner with a variety of people every month, uh, organizations who want to share out and be um, good community stewards. Mm-hmm. And so music and films and, you know, it's a block party. There you go. A little something different. Well, I did want to do another shout out to Loud and Clear Youth Radio, which yes, is please. on KRCL Saturday nights at nine. Folks, do check that out. And I believe they are about to or have started recruiting for the next cohort. It follows kind of a school calendar. But folks, if you're interested, it's time to sign up for Loud and Clear. It's time to sign up for Spy Hop. It is. Our fall schedules is live on our website. Our website, sorry. See, yeah, it's catching. <laughs> uh, spyhop.org. And Loud and Clear is uh, will be recruiting. The application is open, and that class does begin in the beginning of September. And yep. it only opens once a year. Cause then That's those, right. Those students are in. They're in it for the year. So. Yeah, they, they try and keep you, keep them together as a team. Mm-hmm. And we had a great opportunity to let them take over this show not oh, too yeah, long ago. Right. And I look forward to doing that again, passing the microphone to them and uh, encouraging them to express themselves how they'd like. And that's really the the main goal of Spy Hop is to help teens have a, a healthy, creative outlet. The other programs are kind of ongoing. You can sign up. Yep. So everything from, like I said, uh, drop in to intermediate to advanced, they, some things start in the fall. Some are rolling. Our website has all of the info. But if you're ever just kind of curious and not totally sure. Find out what it costs or scholarships. Everything or... we teach is free. Oh, I forgot that happened during COVID. <laughs> and having a Monday, yeah, what can I say? Some, well, with the exception of summer camps. But yeah. um, our after-school programming during the school year, every yeah. everything is free. If so, you've been curious or your kids are curious or you'd like them to be curious, what's the website where folks can check it all out? It is spyhop.org. All right. So this is from Paper Thin by Stage Fright, which drops in full July 30th at the Spy Hop Heatwave Festival 2022. I had to go with the upbeat one this one is disappointment on krcl (laughs) 90.9 
support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru, a community partner of YWCA Utah and the Stand Against Racism Challenge. Mark Miller Subaru loves diversity. Learn more at ywcautah.org and markmillersubaru.com. The need for food goes up in our community as donations drop during the summer months. Crossroads Urban Center's July food drive is underway and needs peanut butter, cereal, canned fruit, individual snacks, canned tomatoes, and more. For details, visit crossroadsurbancenter.org. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, inviting you to tune into KRCL weeknights at 7 for Democracy Now!, the War and Peace Report, an independent global news hour reporting headlines and in-depth interviews with people on the front lines of the world's most pressing issues. That's Democracy Now!, weeknights at 7, right here on KRCL. Welcome back to Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones, and coming up... At 7, it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. 8 o'clock, Red, White, and Blues with Brian Kelm. Night Train with Michelle Tanner at 10.30. And then John Florence back for a brand new day each and every weekday morning at 6. And if you have a question, comment, or suggestion for Radioactive, please email me, radioactive at krcl.org. If you missed any of the shows, you can find them online at krcl.org. Under the Community Affairs tab, we have a separate Radioactive archive, but also... You can listen on demand to any of the last two weeks of any show under the programming tab. There's a listen on demand tab. All right. Time to talk about Latino Conservation Week. What is it? Where is it? How is it? And joining me, we have two folks in the studio of Mesa Gonzalez from Heal Utah. Hey, Mesa, how are you? Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. And also with us from Alliance Community Services, we have Daniel Romero. Hey, Daniel. Hey, happy to be here. So glad that the two of you were able to come. We did have Frances go from Tracy Aviary, and we wish her well and a speedy recovery. Hopefully she'll be well enough to join for the uh, event at Tracy Aviary that's coming up. But Latino Conservation Week, it started on the 16th with the gear swap. How'd that go? Uh, either of you attend? Uh, get any word from the event? Yeah, so we had a lot of fun during the gear swap. It was at Uinta Brewing this year. Heal Utah hosted it, and this is our second year um, putting together this event. Uh, we got over 150, I want to say, items uh, donated and swapped during this event, so it was really cool to see a lot of people come out for this event and also seeing all that um, gear not go to the landfill, right? Yeah. We were super excited to... Conservation, yep. right? <laughs> okay. Our, the whole goal of it was to kind of give life uh, to these unused items and hopefully find a new spot for them. Okay. So what is Latino Conservation Week? Who puts it together? It seems like it's been growing every year that we've covered it. Yeah, definitely. So Latino Conservation Week is a week-long event every year in July, and it's dedicated to promote and celebrate Latinos in outdoor and conservation spaces. Uh, this was launched in 2014 by the Hispanic Access Foundation and has grown to be a nationwide event. And this year, as you said, it officially launched this last Saturday and will continue until this upcoming uh, Sunday, July 24th. Well, I want to get into this against your own backstories, perhaps. OK, so let's get the origin story of Mesa Gonzalez and how you end up at Heal Utah and uh, the, the, the notion of the outdoors and conservation, where that comes from for you. Yeah, definitely. So. I originally uh, started out with some nonprofits, actually Alliance Community Services, which we'll speak a okay. little bit about today. And they work a lot with the uh, immigration and um, 
like health side of barriers for Latino community. And within there, I saw a lot of connect with environmental injustices and these other barriers that the Latino community faces. Mm -hmm. So that's where I got a lot of interest in, in the environmental side of this. And also there's just, I didn't really see a lot of people like me in the environmental movement and mm -hmm. space. So I kind of wanted to occupy that space. So that's kind of how I led into Heal Utah, where now I run the digital communications and also um, at always advocating for environmental justice in a lot of this policy uh, that they work on. The Healthy Environment Alliance of Utah, Hill, Utah. So Daniel, introduce us to yourself and Alliance Community Services. Of course, would love to. So my name is Daniel. Um, I am a transmasculine individual from Guadalajara, Jalisco, and I immigrated to Utah in 2006. Um, from there, I just had the opportunity to, to navigate through a lot of different challenges and barriers as a, as a queer individual and then also just part of the immigrant community. And I just became really passionate about um, understanding these barriers, navigating them, and obviously kind of leading my community and doing the same or maybe connecting them to resources for doing the same. Um, and then I started an internship with Salt Lake County um, over a year ago, and then from there I was able to get connected with um, the COVID team and then the Salt Lake County Health Department, um, and then from there I was introduced to Alliance uh, this past October um, and got connected with the community health worker uh, world and just understanding health disparities um, and then, yeah, just resource connection through Alliance. You yourself represent a lot of intersections, it sounds like. So mm -hmm. when we talk about Latino conservation, we can hear the two of you are stepping up to the mic um, to have this conversation. Um, I'm just kind of curious about those intersections and where it is and isn't comfortable when it comes to the outdoors and, and conservation. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Did you grow up um, going hiking or camping or river? Yeah, river? no, definitely. And it, it was great to, to attend the gear swap uh, this past Saturday. I had the opportunity to table, but then also take some gear myself. Um, and oh, yeah, then, what'd you pick up? Uh, yeah, I got a few pairs of bindings and then some boards. I'm into snowboarding. Uh, still a little bit of a newbie, but we're getting there. Um, <laughs> but it was great to just even have kind of access to, yeah, like maybe skiing uh, equipment um, that otherwise, you know, community members who might not afford it. Or okay, So you picked up ski stuff on like, what, 105, 106 day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, no, just exactly. thinking of that would cool me down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it was cool seeing just even, even camping gear because how many families aren't able to enjoy yeah. the outdoors or have the opportunity to, to go skating or just even like simple things because they don't have the equipment for it and the fact that it was just free and for the Latinx community, it was great to participate in. So what's your favorite thing to do outdoors? Like you talked a little bit about snowboarding. Mm -hmm. Let's get the other seasons in there too. Uh, I like skateboarding, yeah. uh, also just skates in general. I'm not that good, but I'd love to at some point <laughs> be able to just groove down a skating <laughs> ring yeah. so effortlessly. Uh, and also got a hammock. Which yeah. it was nice, yeah. I'm excited to take that out hiking this summer. Yeah. yeah. How about you, May Say? Did you grow up uh, doing things outdoors? Like you know, beyond just the the park in town, did you go hiking, camping, uh, skiing, what have you? Unfortunately, it wasn't such a common thing for me. Um, my family just didn't have the resources to pay for a lot of this outdoor gear. Um, I think the first time I went skiing was like senior year of high school, <laughs> and then my first time actually getting into a lot of these canyons was in college where I got my own car and got my own kind of funds to do a lot of this. So 
sadly wasn't able to, but that's kind of why we're here, yeah. trying to figure out how we can make sure everyone has access to these kind of things. Yeah, what are you hearing uh, in both both of you in the jobs that you have, may say with Heal Utah and Daniel with Alliance Community Services, you do a lot of outreach and you're trying to spread the word about the outdoors and conservation and getting the Latinx population engaged here in Utah. What are you hearing are the barriers, may say? I think a lot of it has to do with uh, just the cost of the outdoors mm-hmm. like right now especially with what's going on with inflation like some people are trying to just survive and feed their families so buying a new pair of skis or buying this expensive outdoor gear seems kind of out of reach and um, a lot of people want to get out there right but sometimes even the access to it is, is really far so mm-hmm. for me growing up I was in kind of like Magna Kearns area and even though we had mountains right behind us, the Ochre Mountains, they're not, they were like closed off. I don't yeah. know. They keep saying they're going to build a ski resort there on the slopes as they reclaim things from, <laughs> as Kennecott reclaims the land, um, which would be a huge game changer if it was built in a way to serve the families of the West Side. And the the cost reflected that. Yeah, definitely. That would that would have been amazing growing up to have access to those mountains. Because I always saw them. They were like our backyard. Yeah. But again, they weren't accessible. I think the closest thing we had was the Jordan River, and that was it. So would love to see that in the future. What do you think are the barriers, Daniel? Um, I think, especially once doing outreach, there was a kind of the disconnect between, like, sustainability practices or even, like, methods, whether it came down to food or outdoors. Like how to do the outdoors. Yeah, yeah. Like, it like it just looks like our community members have just been a little bit disconnected from that. Um, and then, yeah, just reintroducing them to um, setting time aside to do outdoor activities or even practice sustainability within their households with different areas like water consumption, um, food consumption, and whatnot. So Okay, so connecting folks to just basic information mm-hmm. on how to access a whole bunch of different areas in our community. I spoke recently to a woman from Kane County who started this uh, Be Kind to Canab campaign because during COVID, you know, all of our rural areas and parks, whether they're local, state, or federal, kind of inundated as people trying to get out safely. And one of the things they put up was how to do the outdoors, how to do this for folks. Because it's not Disneyland. It's not, you know, pay your money, get on the ride, go have fun. It's a little it's a little different. So when it comes to that kind of outreach, what's Alliance Community Services doing to to engage the Latinx population in our communities? No, definitely. One of our approaches to meet the communities where they're at, right, going to areas where um, they're getting their grocery stores, where they're holding their religious practices and whatnot, just knowing where they are congregating and then just bringing the resources to them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously just improving our methods based on our observations, how receptive people are to these resources, to these conversations, to um, letting us help them as well. Yeah. Do you start um, with your own family, your own circle, and uh, talking about it? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like making sure everybody has kind of a foundation of understanding of resources that are out there, whether mm-hmm. in my close community, but then also familiarizing the community members that we are helping through Alliance Community Services um, understand the resources that are out there and then mm-hmm. seeing kind of like that domino effect, how yeah. they can let the people in their community circle know about those resources yeah. as well. Yeah. And I realize that as I'm saying all this, and this might sound coming out of my mouth in particular, that I, I don't think that the Latinx population knows the outdoors exists or <laughs> conservation. There's folks um, with differing levels of experience, may say. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a really 
important part of Latino Conservation Week. It's not only to encourage, but also to celebrate, right? Mm -hmm. Latino community has been in the outdoors and will continue to be in the outdoors. And maybe it's not in these ways of skiing or um, these kind of recreational uh, events that we have here Mm -hmm. that we kind of all know about, but maybe it's a different way, right? For me, going outdoors was playing soccer. (laughs) That's what it was for me growing up. I was a goalie, not not the best one. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of what uh, our time was spent together in the outdoors. Well, I took note of a bunch of different events that are, are still coming this week for Latino Conservation Week, and I think it also can open our eyes to what's available in the community that I just realized, like in particular Tracy Aviary and its new nature center along the Jordan River. So there's the Botanical Garden and Aviary at Liberty Park, and there's this new one at 33rd South and about 1125 West or something like that. Yeah, I'll put all the notes in the show notes folks so you can you can click on them but let's talk about them what do you got coming up yeah definitely so one that we're super excited to be hosting is on july 20th this wednesday it's going to be a book tour with leah thomas the founder of the intersectional environmentalist it's a collective that is aimed to just educate and bring conversations about intersectionality in the environmental world Mm -hmm. and she recently published a book and we'll be doing a little bit of river reading and a fireside chat at Under the Umbrella Bookstore. Um, due to COVID and just how things are going, it's going to be a hybrid event. So we will have this um, available to you to participate via Zoom and also in person. So super excited for that event. Um, again, this Wednesday. And you guys can find the information at HealUtah.org. It's down on 2nd South and about mm, just west of 5th West, I do believe, the Under the Umbrella Bookstore. Yeah. Uh, so folks can check it out, get to know that new bookstore in our community. An event like this, um, especially when we say Latino Conservation Week, it can feel like that's all who's welcome. But the intersectionality that we're talking about is to broaden the vision for the whole community, would you say, Daniel? No, yeah, definitely. It's it's interesting to see even the La- La- Hispanic, Latino, Latina, Latinx umbrella and how many intersectionalities exist underneath that umbrella and the different experiences that we kind of need to cater to and connecting them to resources or knowledge regarding whether it's sustainability or resources and services in general. Um, just understanding how to be culturally sensitive or sensitive to these intersectionalities that the community members um, experience and participate in. Here in journalism, we love uh, a shorthand phrase. So Latinx does not cover everybody. And for some folks, it's like, please don't call me that. So Mm -hmm. some of these conversations that we could actually have at these events may say. Yeah, definitely. It's something we can uh, kind of have that conversation about. And it's something kind of like how Danny was saying is that we're so like complex, right? Mm-hmm. There's Afro-Latinos, there are Asian Latinos, there are Latinx individuals, like the queer umbrella under it. So it's just super mm-hmm. complex and it's more than just that umbrella yeah. uh, term that we kind of get all put under sometimes. Mm. And I mean, just like using food, and we'll talk about a food event here in a minute, um, when you have conversations and you're breaking bread together, it, it can ease the conversation. So any of these events become an opportunity to meet your neighbors and have conversations. And the the event itself is something we can have in common, I guess is what I'm saying. We're talking about Latino Conservation Week here on Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones, and in the studio we have Maisie Gonzalez of Heal Utah and Daniel Romero of Alliance Community Services to share the work that their nonprofits do, but also their own story. So that's kind of what I want to talk about now, about your own connection to conservation and nature and, and the outdoors. Like, you know, take us on a little trips uh, that you may, may have gone on or, 
or share what you'd like to about this topic. Let's start with you, Macy. Yeah, definitely. I think big part that I've been really thinking about is just like that we're so blessed here in Utah with all these amazing places to recreate, but also acknowledging during this week the lack of diversity in a lot of these spaces. Kind Mm -hmm. of how I mentioned before, it's not everyone can access these spaces and sometimes it feels just unwelcoming, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I'm thinking back to myself as a high schooler, not knowing how to ski and being on the bunny slopes with all like the, (laughs) like the 10 year olds, you know, so it's kind of like just knowing that not everyone has that access Mm -hmm. and it's okay to kind of start on those bunny hills. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Daniel? Um, I definitely was able, as I started growing up and I just have to say that Utah is geographically so incredibly beautiful. Um, and I had the opportunity to go on a few hikes, but then, yeah, I didn't get really familiar with the outdoors in Utah until I was, um, like in college post high school. Um, and then because of that kind of disconnect to the outdoors and kind of environmentalism or the concept of environmentalism, I was a little bit disconnected from. So my sustainability was more, uh, within my communities, within those intersectionalities, right? How am I ensuring that I am, I have sustainable practices for myself, for like what I'm consuming, whether it's like food, whether it's the spaces that I'm in, the spaces that I'm in as like a queer individual or a Hispanic or Latinx identifying individual, um, so it was just a more interpersonal approach to sustainability up until I got the access to, to, yeah. to more outdoor recreational environmental mm-hmm. yeah. spaces. Here in, in Utah, we're, we're kind of bombarded with the legacy of uh, the white community, its relationship to the outdoors and to conservation. And I'm thinking of Edward Abbey and Wendell Berry and all these, these, these writers. So do you have um, any suggestions for connecting for the Hispanic, Latino, Latinx community, Daniel? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely. And I think even um, those spaces, although there is a predominant um, demographic, whether it's like mm-hmm. ethnicity or race, I think more than anything, a huge barrier is kind of the social economic factor of people accessing because of lack of or because they have the funds to access mm-hmm. equipment in these spaces. So just maybe even um, connecting more to programming that allows people to enjoy the outdoors, to enjoy skiing, to enjoy hiking. Um, you hear I, that I, Utah Outdoor Office of Recreation? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just make it more affordable for those communities who are at specific socioeconomic mm-hmm. um, scale. I like that. Macy, you got yeah. any ideas? Any? Uh, I mean, is there anything that you think would make things more inviting for more folks from the Hispanic, Latino, Latinx community to participate? Yeah, I definitely think expanding beyond just these things that we do here, like skiing and all of these very, in my opinion, like white sports, <laughs> <laughs> kind of expanding past that. And kind of what Dan was talking about is making sure it's like accessible on the economic side, mm-hmm. but also let's bring these spaces to the Latino community. Mm-hmm. Like let's make sure it's, we're bringing green spaces and more than just the Jordan River on the west side. Like yeah. if they're going to talk about opening up the Ochre Mountains, let's open them up and make sure that they're safe and accessible for the west side to participate mm-hmm. in these things. Because again, sometimes it's just kind of far out and growing up my parents after a long day of work they were like okay a 30 minute commute to just walk more I don't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) have you found that there's a difference between your generation and your parents when it comes to this topic you know it's it's really interesting because my parents immigrated from Mexico Mm -hmm. and they were they lived kind of like on like a ranch kind of side so they are super connected with the outdoors Mm -hmm. so it's kind of unfortunate when they immigrated here they kind of got stuck in a like concrete area 
where they would always talk about like, oh yeah, we would have to wake up at 6 a.m. to feed the pigs and do all that kind of stuff. And then we're over here just watching cartoons all day. So <laughs> definitely that disconnect of not only the generational, but also being an immigrant here is they mm. kind of got stripped away from the access for a little bit. And mm. now since they're making a little bit more money, they're being able to do that. So one of the first things my mom did when she got a little bit extra excess is get some land in Duchesne. And now she's doing what she did when she was little out in Duchesne. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I call her, like, a, my hippie mom because she has <laughs> solar panels, her little trailer, and she's like, that's all I want. That's all I want. <laughs> and I want you to leave me alone, son, while I'm down in Duchesne. Yep. Daniel, how about you and your, your family and uh, older generations? Yeah, I definitely had a similar experience. Um, my family came from rural Mexico, so really connected to, to farming, to agriculture, to... Um, yeah, I've taken care of uh, specific like ranch animals and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I, I immigrated to Utah from Mexico and I kind of had a similar experience, you know, coming here. My family didn't really have the time to go to hikes besides just like Liberty Park, Sugar House Park, um, more that are like commute is a lot closer. Um, and yeah, it wasn't until, until college where I, like, I met my roommates who are like anthropology majors and they just know every hike possible or just really our um, understanding of the geographical area. And yeah, it was cool just getting familiar. Like I lived here for so long and I didn't realize there was so many things to do that were yeah. outdoors. <laughs> Well, we're talking about Latino Conservation Week. We're going to continue this conversation and get some events to share with the community when we come back. This is Ana Tiju Shock on KRCL. Shock. Ana Tiju on KRCL 90.9, a song introduced to me and an artist by Ma Black, host of Night Estéreo, Music Without Borders, every Saturday night from 10 to midnight. Our full lineup available online at krcl.org. I'm Laura Jones. This is Radioactive, and we're talking about Latino Conservation Week with my guests, Macy Gonzalez of Heal Utah and Daniel Romero of Alliance Community Services. And Daniel, I wanted to go into a bit more about your nonprofit that you work for and the different services that you you provide because they're so essential in our community. Uh, tell us what you ha- offer and how folks can get in touch. Yeah, of course. Um, so Alliance Community Service is a community-based organization that serves the Hispanic and the Latin, Latino, Latina, Latinx uh, community. Um, and there's a number of resources that we offer. Uh, we are located in Murray and predominantly serve the Salt Lake County area. However, we are outside of that and serve uh, neighboring counties, Summit County, Utah County, um, and connect them to the resources that we offer that way as well. Um, some of the legal assistance uh, and resources that we have um, is assistance with DACA, BAWA, family petitions, uh, renewing your residency car, and more. Um, and then health-related, uh, we have a COVID-19 resource connection um, assistance, including rent relief assistance, rent relief uh, navigation, uh, medical insurance um, to get your appointment to get uh cancer screenings, uh, cancer support group, um, and then safety in the workplace trainings available for um, Spanish workers or Spanish speakers. Um, Our phone number is 801-265-1111, and our website is alliance-community.org. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right. We've got a bunch of events that we want folks to know about. First of all, on the 22nd, Night at the Aviary. I should probably go through these in chronological order, but I really want to get this because Francis uh, from the Aviary, who couldn't join us tonight, get better, Francis. Um, this one is really exciting. It's an after-hours night, no ticket necessary. You might need to reserve a seat, though, right? Yes. Yeah, so you're going to need to reserve a seat via the Tracy Aviary website, but this is honestly one of my favorite events of the whole week. I got to go to it last uh, year, and I don't know about you, but I haven't been to the Tracy Aviary in a really long yeah. time. So I seeing... walk around it every day when <laughs> yeah. I go and walk at the park. So seeing the updates was really cool and just having the free access to it because I also, I think their times are a little bit more on like earlier yeah, in the they day. close i think earlier in the evening this is 6 to 8 30 right yeah so seeing it at nighttime was just beautiful and it's kind of slower so you can kind of just have a stroll throughout the aviary and then talk with different nonprofits and uh, conservation organizations about the work they do so it's a super chill event love it they play some good yeah. music and get played with birds <laughs> It's not going to cost you anything, but they do want you to reserve a seat so they know how many folks are going to show up. So we'll put a link in the show notes. Let's look at some things uh, happening on the 20th. That is the one we already talked about, the Intersectional Environmentalist Book Tour down at Under under the Umbrella, right? And that's downtown Salt Lake. The 21st, Food is Culture. That's one I mentioned a little bit earlier in passing. It's at Wasatch Community Gardens, may yeah. say. So this is a event in partnership with uh, the Mexico and Wasatch Community Gardens. It's going to be an interactive uh, presentation about sustainable ancestral farming practices applicable in the modern world. And... Uh, they're going to do this through Art and Food, which is super pretty. If, I don't know if you guys have seen Artes de Mexico's like Instagram and stuff, but they're always highlighting just mm. beautiful indigenous uh, Mexican art. And they're going to kind of talk about the relation of how our food is really ingrained in our culture, right? Um, they have a beautiful flyer for this event with like this corn and like it's just gorgeous. And yeah. it, I feel like mice and corn was such a big thing growing up. So seeing a presentation just about it is going to be really interesting because I never yeah. thought about that connection. We, yeah. we eat a lot of corn. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Spanish, but there will be English translation, folks. So yes. everyone is welcome. And then on the 22nd up at East Canyon State Park, there's a star party. Yes. So this event is super exciting. It's going to be by the Division of Natural Resources. It's going to be hosting this. They are opening up one of their parks. So you can all hang out and have a star party. Last year, it actually got rained on. I was on my way up there and got stuck in Park City. So fingers crossed it does not <laughs> rain this year. Uh, but super fun event where you can just connect and they'll have some cool telescopes so you can go see galaxies and some stars and just hang out under the stars. And there's a couple of things happening on the 23rd this weekend, Pioneer Day weekend. And I love that these opportunities are available as part of Latino Conservation Week. What do we got? Yeah, so Heartland Community for Youth and Families is doing a trail and cleanup and also bike ride at the Jordan River Trail. This is from, uh, it's going to be located at 1100 South Bend to the river at 1700 South. So this is going to be a great opportunity to help uh, clean up our river and also just enjoy the nice bike trails. I love the Jordan River, love biking it. So yeah. definitely come join us. And then there's two opportunities to get into the river that day. Yes, so you can do the paddles and paletas, which is paddles and popsicles. I think that's the translation. Popsicles, <laughs> it sounds good after the weekend we've had with the heat. Yeah, so you could bring your friends and family to canoe the Jordan River and enjoy paletas on the parkway with Salt Lake City Council District 2. Uh, canoes and paddles and life fest will all be available for you. And it's going to be at the Three Creeks Confluence, which if you haven't checked out, it's, it's beautiful. Love that space. Mm -hmm. And 
If you guys see donuts on the floor, I got to paint those. So (laughs) (laughs) shout out to that. Oh, that's cool. Three Confluence, Three Creeks Confluence at about 950 West, 1300 South. That's one's from two to five. But earlier in the day, you can paddle the river, 930 to 1130 a.m., and uh, this one is with Tracy Aviary at their new center, the Jordan River Nature Center, 1125 West, 3300 South in South Salt Lake. And you've got some great art that has gone with all of these events. Do you, do, do you know the artists so we can shout them out at all? Francis, the amazing Francis. Francis, <laughs> Francis, I'm so sorry you're not here so we could praise you in person, but hopefully this radio shout out will will have to do. Um, but again, you this one, you need to fill out a liability waiver and everything. So check out the show notes to, to do that. It doesn't cost you anything, but you do need to sign up, folks. That's Saturday, 9.30 to 11.30. You paddle the river. Remar el Rio. Yes. All right. So lots of different stuff. But the fun doesn't have to stop with Latino Conservation Week, right? Yeah, definitely. And one thing I did want to note, uh, mention before is a lot of these events are kind of Salt Lake based. Mm-hmm. But if you guys check out um, Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, they're doing a lot of these events down in Southern Utah. They're mostly hikes, but definitely check them out as well. They're hosting a variety of hikes throughout there, throughout Southern Utah. And it's a great opportunity during this week if, you know, maybe none of your circle is um, likes to hike or something like that. You can find one of these events and find a welcome, a welcoming group during Latino Conservation Week. And I just kind of maybe want to close a bit with that about the notion of being welcomed in Utah's outdoor spaces on the river, on the mountain, on the trail. What could the broader community do to make that better? What do you think the state of that is? May say we'll start with you. Yeah, definitely. I think, again, just being open to other people in these spaces and not being, again, that kind of judgmental part, which maybe some people didn't have access to hike and to go skiing. So if you see someone that doesn't have the best gear and doesn't have isn't doing some things, quote unquote, correctly, just know maybe they're they're trying to get into the space. Because I know the first time I went hiking, I went in like some white Converse shoes and that didn't come across my head that I should have gotten some (laughs) better shoes to go hiking. So just keeping that in mind and also to be advocating in a lot of these council meetings and a lot of these uh, policy when they're making these decisions of, oh, let's make all of the signage only in English or let's hike up the amount of uh, entrance fee because things are getting expensive to be in those meetings and to advocate that, hey, our community is already being excluded. That's going to exclude us even more from these spaces. Mm-hmm. So advocating and just being having an open mind when going into the outdoors. And how can people check out Heal Utah and get involved? Yeah, you guys can check us out online at healutah.org or also by visiting us on all the social media platforms, including TikTok. It's at Heal Utah, uh, just at Heal Utah. You're doing the TikTok too? Yes. So you'll see me dancing on there and all that fun stuff. (laughs) Daniel Romero from Alliance Community Services. What do you think about more welcoming spaces? Um, Yeah, just being mindful of the different barriers that exist and accessing these spaces and acknowledging um, that there's a reason that you are in that space and do have access to it. Um, And yeah, just being welcoming to the people who might not have that same experience and understanding. And then also if you are in those spaces, you know, you are a leader in the outdoor uh, world. Um, how can you advocate and, and make a, 
a statement to bring in uh, more community members into these spaces by uh, mitigating those barriers. And how can folks get in touch with Alliance Community Services and access all the great things you do? Yeah, of course. So you could give our office uh, a call if you need um, assistance connecting to any of the resources that were mentioned at 801-265-1111 and visiting our website, alliance-community.org, as well as you can find us in um, Instagram and Facebook at Alliance Community. services well thank you so much for coming in being willing to share so much professionally but also personally we really appreciate you stepping up to the mic as we share it with you here on radioactive yeah thank you so much for having us on and what's your pick for the week what's the event that you're looking forward to macy um i'm super excited to talk with leah thomas i get to moderate that one Ah. and i'm kind of geeking out to talk with the intersectional environmentalist kind of (laughs) blushing just thinking about it on the 20th right (laughs) yes on the 20th check tonight's notes and what about you daniel I look forward to getting on the little boat and uh, <laughs> paddling <laughs> with the popsicles. The popsicles are yes, the clincher, right? Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Everybody check out the show notes tonight at krcl.org. Under the Community Affairs tab, you'll find the radioactive archives. I'm Laura Jones. Thank you to all my guests. And to Stage Fright for sharing songs from the new album, Paper Thin, that drops on the 30th at the Spy Hop Heatwave Festival. This one is Blossom from that new album on KRCL 90.9. I'm Laura Jones. Have a great night and thanks for listening, everybody.